Hello and welcome to the next episode of How Good It Is. It's a weekly podcast where we take a closer look at popular songs from the rock and roll era and we check out some of the stories behind those songs and the artists who made them famous. My name is Claude Call, and what does this button do? And what about this one? I've made so many changes to the studio in the, in the last week or so. I've got new equipment in place that I haven't even figured out how to use yet. I've I rearranged my system. I, everything's in different place. It, 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 what a mess. I hope I don't screw it up too badly. <sighs> All right. Don't forget to check out the website, howgooditis.com, where you can find some stuff that I found interesting and some other stuff that doesn't necessarily fit well into the podcast. Also, uh, go follow and like the show's Facebook page, which has some other stuff that keeps everybody busy. You can find that over at facebook.com slash how good it is pod oh by the way how good it is continues its run as a featured podcast on the podcast republic app which you know by now is my favorite it'll let you uh, download podcasts from all the major providers and then you can set up playlists and that makes for some safer driving because you don't have to fumble with your device between titles how about that huh Eh? podcast republic is available for free in the google play store or you can just click the button over at the how good it is website Today's story, believe it or not, begins with Don McLean. I feel a trembling tingle of a sleepless night Creep through my fingers and the moon is bright Beams of blue come flickering through my window pane Like gypsy moths that dance around a candle flame In 1971, McLean had a record contract and not much else. He'd written American Pie and he'd played it in a few live shows. Uh, he recorded it in May of that year and uh, it got some airplay on WNEW-FM and WPLJ-FM. Uh, both in New York City when those stations were marking the closing of the Fillmore East Concert Hall. But it didn't really catch on until the record was formally released in November. In the meantime, McLean kept doing his thing and playing shows, including one at the Troubadour Club in West Hollywood. Among the audience members was a 19-year-old singer-songwriter named Lori Lieberman. Moonlight used to bathe the contours of your face While chestnut hair fell all around the pillowcase And the fragrance of your flowers rest beneath my head Lieberman was so touched by McLean's performance of this song titled Empty Chairs that she started writing a poem about the experience right then and there. Later, she took the notes to her writing partner, Norman Gimbel, and he turned them into song lyrics. Gimbel then passed his lyrics to Charles Fox, who set them to music. Now, Gimbel remembers the whole thing a little bit differently, and by a little differently, oh, I mean a lot differently. His version of the story goes that he was introduced to composer Lalo Schifrin, who at that point was mostly known for the theme to Mission Impossible. They got the idea to write a Broadway musical together, and Schifrin gave him a book from his native Argentina called Hopscotch as a possible basis for a show. The book never became a musical, but there was a passage in it in which the narrator talks about himself sitting in a bar and listening to an American musician kill us softly with some blues. Gimbel says he put the phrase into an idea book he kept on hand, and later substituted the word song for blues. Then he and Fox wrote the song without Lieberman's input, and when they played it for her, she said it reminded her of how she felt at a Don McLean concert she had been to. Fox has also told a similar version of this story as recently as 2010. 
Now, of course, the truth is somewhere in between, but it leans more toward Lieberman's side of the story here. There are articles from that time period which go her way. Most important, I think, uh, is an article in April 1973 issue of the New York Daily News, and you can find this on Don McLean's website, in which Gimbel is quoted as saying, she had told us about this strong experience she had listening to McLean. I had a notion this might make a good song, so the three of us discussed it. We talked it over several times, just as we did for the rest of the numbers we wrote for this album, and we all felt it had possibilities. The other thing is a video clip from the Mike Douglas show from November 2nd of 1973. On that show, Lieberman is making her national television debut singing Killing Me Softly, and afterwards she says that Gimbel had the Killing Me Softly line, and he added that to her notes. So Lieberman, she was the first to record the song in 1971, and it was released in early 1972. Singer Helen Reddy wrote in her autobiography that she was sent the song, but she never even played the demo because she didn't like the title. Well, enter Roberta Flack. Strumming my pain with his fingers Singing my life with his words Killing me softly with his song Killing me softly Now, Roberta Flack first heard the song while she was on an airplane as part of the in-flight audio program. She scanned the list of available selections, and she said the title smacked her in the face. She pulled out some paper, she made some notes, and she played the song over and over again, jotting down the melody she had heard. And when she landed, she called Quincy Jones to find out how she could meet Charles Fox. And two days later, she had the music in her hands. I heard he had a style, and so I came to see For his part, uh, Fox says he was at Paramount Pictures one day and somebody handed him a telephone saying, this is for you. And it was Roberta Flack saying, we haven't met, but I'm going to sing your songs. Fox was pretty surprised. After all, you don't just get a phone call from somebody like that. But that's exactly what did happen. Roberta Flack's version of the song was released in January of 1973, and it spent five non-consecutive weeks in the number one slot in February and March. That's right, it climbed that quickly. It ultimately won three Grammy Awards in 1974 for Record of the Year, Song of the Year, and Best Female Pop Vocal. And since, Flack's song, The First Time Ever I Saw Your Face, had won Record of the Year in 1973 the previous year, That made Roberta Flack the first artist to win that award two years in a row. The only other time it's happened was in 2001 and 2002 uh, when the band U2 scored that award twice. So why was Flack's version more popular than Lieberman's? Uh, That's tough to say since they're each very good in their own right. But I think it might have something to do with the depth of the vocals, both with the fact that Roberta Flack uses a chorus for the backups, and then there's an echo on her own voice, especially in 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 the chorus, and there's a backbeat to it that isn't present in Lieberman's version. Flack also tinkered around with the chord structure a little bit. 
Now, Lieberman, for her part, she really likes what Flack did with the song. Uh, she said in an interview a couple of years ago that she never would have come up with the extended oh, la, 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 la section. She found it to be just brilliant. Lieberman has said that she had to back away from the song for a while. In fact, she walked away from the entire music industry altogether from about 1978 until 1995. But she's come back around to the song from a different perspective, and she even recorded it again for an album she released in 2010. Over the next 20 years, the song was covered literally dozens of times, none of which had any real impact. And then came the Fugees. The Fugees were finishing up their 1995 album, The Score, and uh, they needed one more track, so band member uh, Praz Michael suggested they cover the song. They wanted to see how they could create breakbeats, so they found a sample of synth sitar from a 1990 track from the band A Tribe Called Quest, a song called Bonita Applebaum. Do I love you? Do I lust for you? Am I a sinner because I do the two? Can you let me know? Right now, please. Bonita Applebaum. Bonita Applebaum. Now, what's not entirely clear is whether they knew that A Tribe Called Quest had themselves sampled the riff from a 1967 track called Memory Band by the psychedelic soul group Rotary Connection. At any rate, they, uh, they cut a sample from A Tribe Called Quest, and then they added some bass reggae to it. And while the musical arrangement isn't as thick as Flax, it's otherwise pretty faithful to her version, despite having a little bit of a hip-hop beat to it. Strumming my pain with his fingers Singing my life with his words Killing me softly with his song Killing me softly successful, becoming the biggest selling single of the year 1996 over in the UK and reaching number one on the Billboard Top 40 and number two on their uh, radio songs chart. It was so big, in fact, that the label finally stopped making the single available to retailers so that they could bring some attention to the Fuji's next single, Ready or Not. And the popularity of this version prompted Roberta Flack to remix her version as a house club track and added a few vocal flourishes to it. That record was released in 1996 and it topped the Dance Club Play chart. Roberta Flack has been known to team up with the Fugees from time to time for live performances of the song. In 1999, Flack's version was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame and it still ranks on Rolling Stone's 
500 Greatest Songs of All Time at number 360, and it's at number 82 on Billboard's Greatest Songs of All Time. And what does Don McLean have to say about all this? Well, he said back in 1973 that he was absolutely amazed by it. He's quoted as saying, I've heard both Lori's and Roberta's version, and I must say I'm very humbled about the whole thing. You can't help but feel that way about a song as well-written and performed as this one is. And that's it for this edition of How Good It Is. If you want to get in touch with me, you can email me at howgoodpodcast at gmail.com or you can follow me on Twitter at howgooditispod. You can also check out and follow the show's Facebook page at facebook.com slash howgooditispod or you can check out the show's website, howgooditis.com, where I throw in a few extra bits for you. Thanks again to Podcast Republic for featuring the show, and next time around, we are going to find out how good it is when you're under the boardwalk. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you next time. <laughs>